Wonderful. Good. Church is uh, getting funner, right? That's not right. Well, it's not a real word, is it? But it, it sounds it sounds right. <laughs> We've um, we're just looking at the Sermon on the Mount in this season, and I wonder what you think the worst sin is. You know, is it greed, lust, murder? I I. I think the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon ever preached. And Jesus speaks it to the world. But the difference with the Sermon on the Mount is that whereas the law dealt with the end action, greed, jealousy, adultery, Jesus deals with the heart. So he's moving us back to the conception of sin or life. So he's dealing with with our heart. And my guess is, most of you would say, oh, well, I think murder is the worst sin. I I reckon that would probably be if we did a poll. And what Jesus is saying in these verses we're going to read is, I want you to treat your words on the same level as as murder. That uh, just, that we're going to speak well, okay? Because our words are powerful. They can bless or they can curse. And, and as we look at the words of Jesus, Jesus always lifts us up towards heaven, heaven's standards, heaven's blessings. Our words are powerful. And He wants to move us from a place of criticism to words of blessing, edification, words that change people's lives. So if you've got a Bible, find Matthew chapter five. Let me get my glasses. Here we go. If you've got it on your phone, open it up on your phone. We're gonna stand again. I know it's up, down, gonna stand. This is the Word of God. So we, we, we honour what He says. I'll say it probably most weeks, his, this is His Word. His Word is up here. My words are here. Okay, this is, this is the, the Word of God that we, that we honour. So here we go, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fall shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Grab a seat. Amen. Here we go. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, whoever is angry 
with his brother without a cause, underline that, they will be in danger of the judgment. Jesus isn't saying you can't be angry. He's saying, check your dials. Because sustained anger is not good for heart health. That's why Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, even good anger. Okay, so you, you, might, you might get angry about the injustice to the poor, for instance, but your anger will not help the poor. Jesus says you'll always have the poor amongst you. What you do with your anger will help the poor. You see, the, the anger must result in an action that helps the poor. So when Jesus clears the money changes out of the temple, I love his story. You know, he's clearly ticked off. This is gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He makes a whip and he drives them. Literally, he's running around the place, driving them out. He was cross. What was the deal? He was, he was dealing with the, with the, they were charging the poor for the, for the doves. The, the, the offering that was the, 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 the base offering. And, and basically they, they, they were making money and stopping people worship God. So he drives them out. Now we don't have time this morning to read the whole story, but if you pick the story up in Matthew 21, after he's driven them out, he heals the sick and the children have a praise party. You can read the story. The result of righteous anger is that the sick are healed and there is joy. Do you know, there are, there are just too many depressed Christians in the world. I, I don't mean Christians who are struggling with depression. I mean Christians who are just down. You know, well, everything has gone to pot. The world is terrible. That's why we want to share the, the song Undignified. Because there's something of a joy breaking out here that is releasing people and setting people free. There is an excitement. People are falling in love with Jesus. People are dancing in church again. This is how it's meant to be. And as we share, as we share the songs, it releases it out and we start to switch lights on. The world, the world ha hasn't all gone to pot. Jesus is redeeming the world. That's why he came. And we get to be part of the story. So, for the Christian, it, it, it's okay to get angry. But righteous anger results in an outward action of healing and joy. But if our anger, um, discomfort or pain becomes internal, it can damage our heart. So I'm going to move really quick, and I really am. Number one, Jesus has just moved the goalposts. Last time I was talking, uh, two weeks ago, about the, the Bible. It's the Word of God. He says not a, a jot or a tittle is going to be changed. Um, this time, this time he, he's talking about how the kingdom of God turns things the right way up. He says, I've come to fulfil the law in the preceding verses. How? 
by changing our hearts. In fact, he's going to write his ways on our new hearts. When you come to Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, when you ask him to forgive you of your sin, when you ask him to be Lord of your life and to come in by his Holy Spirit, he gives you a new heart. We get a, we get a, a brand new life, but he changes our heart. The Bible says we're a new creation. Everything changes. You see, the law just dealt with the action, the end result, murder, adultery. But Jesus comes and deals with the, the depth of our being where life comes from. That's why Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Watch your heart, church. And then Jeremiah says, um, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So don't follow your heart. We follow the Spirit of God. You know, too many Christians tell me, well, I just need to follow my heart and find my way. No! Follow the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. He is the one we follow. Definitely not our hearts. So, when I get angry, and it's going to come as a surprise to you, just occasionally, there's a, a, a titter of anger occasionally, I, I have to check my dials. What's happening here? Why am I reacting like I am? You know, my all-time favourite proverb, it's on my wall at, at home, is it is better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And that's, I, I've always, because whenever I'm angry and I react with my mouth, I get into trouble every single time. But Jesus wants us to, to respond from love. So when anger arises in me, everything in my being, you know how our, we can speak to ourselves, praise the Lord. Mine is breathe, breathe, breathe. Holy Spirit, come and get me. Let love rule. Because we are learning with our new hearts to let our hearts beat in time with God's heart. So, we, we, so in that moment, we throw up a prayer. We pray in tongues or we bite our tongues, whichever spiritual gift you have. But, that, but it's that, Lord, come now. Number two, anger without cause is the sign of a sick heart. Jesus mentions three conditions that damage the heart. When you are angry or exasperated with your brother, condition number one. When you say to your brother, Raka, you are worthless. That's what it means, condition number two. Or you pronounce your brother is a fool, condition number three. Now, you might, I don't know what you do for work, I, you know, you may have to manage people. You may be a parent. You, um, you know, trying to get your kids to do what you want to do, them to do. Have you noticed people always don't always do what you want them to do? They're really tricky. And children, why can't children just do as they're told? Amen. They go. <laughs> a parent. Do you find that sometimes you feel exasperated? You liars, you do. <laughs> you see, what about the friend who's always late? Do they exasperate you? 
Do some of you know what time this service starts? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the person who lets you down constantly. Your brother who votes for the wrong political party. People who park across my driveway. They invade your space. You see, our heart makes a decision. This is an opportunity to preserve love or not. You see, I'm not the controller of people and neither are you. I can choose to be exasperated or I can choose to love and lead people into freedom. And I do this by what I do, my actions and my words, what I say. So Jesus says, don't say rather to your brother, you're worthless. And don't even think it in your heart. Ever done that? I have, I have. It's a harsh word, it comes from pride. It puts herself above someone. I know better. The Passion puts it this. Whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is, is answerable to the congregation. Don't do it. I don't know. We seem to have a social media day today. Have you ever seen some of the, the junk that's on social media? Some of the criticism that's thrown at Christian leaders on social media. But it's not by the world. It's by the church. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I read it and think, wow, we really don't need a devil. We've got us. We, we kind of shoot each other in, in the foot. You know, the things they say, loving it when people are put down. Well, let's start a new campaign. Let's start a campaign that we're going to speak words that just that encourage and strengthen, that lift people up. You know, someone might post something on social media that I think is ridiculous, but I don't have to say it. I can keep my mouth shut. Because who wants to hear my opinion? And I, I want to I change it. What does, I don't know what my social media looks like because I, I'm not on it very often, but I, I, I share Sunday morning posts and, and stuff like that. But what does your social media look like is it a reflection of your heart health? What if we only posted things that edified? What if there was a shift, change? You know, Jesus says, you, you fool. It's a spiteful word that comes from hatred. The passion says, whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. You see, when we call that brother a fool, we curse them. Words are powerful. Jesus heals people by a word. We are to speak life to people by our words. That's why James says, he's talking about the tongue. With it, he says, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So, what's the antidote? Nine minutes. We must guard our hearts. We have the armour of God, the breastplate of righteousness. It guards all our vital organs. There is no more vital organ than our heart. And it is the righteousness of God and it is the righteousness that he puts on us that protects our heart. Guard it because it can turn in a moment. You know, 
young couples. We've got a lot of youngsters here. We want you to date. Yes. You know, we want you. Did, did, you're married. Uh, <laughs> that's why he wants them to date. Do you, do you guys know, you know, Chris who's playing drums, Sydney was there? They got engaged yesterday. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if they wanted everyone to know, but they do now. <laughs> but you know, look, you're, not, you're never gonna get there if you're worried that your, your, your heart's gonna get broken. Okay, look, when you go into any relationship, there is a danger that your heart can be hurt. Okay, in fact, it will either your heart might get hurt or it will end in marriage. It's going to be one of the two. So you have to go into it um, guarding your heart, but willing for a bit of heart pain. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and you're never going to go out with anyone. You know, well, well I, I just, I'm not ready for a relationship at the moment because I just don't want to get hurt. What the? <sighs> Look, there's lots of things that are going to hurt you and you might get hurt, but you'll heal. <laughs> honestly, honestly, trust me, you will. You'll heal up. But, but if you, you're too scared of getting hurt, you'll never walk into a relationship and you'll never get the glittery ring on the finger. Okay? So you've got to take a chance. And you might say, well, he hasn't asked me. Well, I, I get it wrong. I think it's not women's lib anymore. It was women's lib when it was, my, you know, in the 1970s. Um, it's feminism now. Isn't it? Look, make it work for you. Go and ask him out. It was much easier in my day. We used to just go, hey, do you want to go, do you want to go for a drink or a coffee? And they'd go, oh, all right, done it. We were there. Here, you put it on Facebook, you know, it's all, the, all, that, all that junk. What, what, I'm, what am I saying to you is, your heart can get injured, but it will heal. But don't let the worry of pain stop you from dating. It's on my notes. I, I still don't know how it's got to do with anger. Oh, I know how it's got to do with anger. Um, because well, because what, it, what can happen is when things don't work out, you get all cross. It's not stomping around. Well, just get over it. Go and find someone else. <laughs> the Lord just did you a favour. Okay, there's someone better because we believe his goodness, right? <laughs> okay, we need to move, move here because I can feel myself about to get into trouble. This <laughs> Another thing, you know, sometimes I hear people say, this church is the best church I've ever been to. Then we challenge your lifestyle. That church is so judgmental, the heart changes. You know, Will you allow your heart to be challenged in a place like this? You see, great friends have a quarrel. What will you do with your heart? You see, Jesus says the adversary will try and get you to court to get to justice. And this, but the, the word adversary is normally used with the devil. What's he saying? The devil wants to turn you against your brother and get you into court. 
He wants to get you as angry as he can. And if you let him whisper in your ear instead of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna end up in trouble. So we preserve love. Whenever we have a quarrel, we must learn to preserve love. Who calls us to love? Jesus. So, so we have a quarrel and we humble ourselves. We feel our hearts changing. Do you know, our hearts are just changing towards someone. There's a bit of friction, so we get on the phone. And we go, look, I'm sorry if I came across judgmental. I'm sorry if I did that. And the other person on the end of the phone goes, I'm just too hurt at the moment to, to talk to you. No, you're not. You're welling in your pain and the demons are buzzing around you going, don't forgive, don't forgive, don't forget. They woke up this morning and they wanted to hurt you. They've been planning this for months just to get you. The lies of the enemy. The person puts down the phone and goes, well, I tried. I tried to sort it out, but they wouldn't talk to me. They won't speak to me. What Jesus says is, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, go and sort it out because it will hinder your worship. So we make an offering. So you go again. You don't give up. Now, I found that um, one John is very helpful this. I, I think he says that chocolate covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> Works every time with me. It may have been love, but it's a, it's a Greek translation. Okay? We... we you see, instead of bringing your offering at the altar, bring your gift to the person to, to win them over, to, 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 to reconcile. That's what Jesus does. And then you do it quickly. But what, what you know, so you're trying that, oh, no, 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 I just need time to recover. You've, you've hurt me too much. No, you don't need time to recover. The longer you take to recover, the harder your heart will get. That's how it works. So don't let your heart turn. Be humble. Most quarrels in church start with our own stuff. You know that, right? Most of the time when we fall out, it's our stuff. It's our pain. It's our hurt. We don't want our hearts to, to feel the pain. Look, dead hearts feel nothing. Unhealthy hearts take offence really quickly. Healthy hearts are not scared of a workout. I've got, we've got a bay window in our house and we've got this round sofa and I can just kind of lay back on it. And the TV's right in front of me. And when I lay down on the sofa with the TV in front of me, was watching a film, my heart just comes to a, a resting rate. And it's really calm. It's really comfortable. I love that place. But I also walk every day. And um, that gets my heart rate up. And if I go up a hill, a good hill, sometimes my heart's really going. You know, my watch is bleeping at me. You know, beware, beware. Abnormal heart rate. It says something about my health, doesn't it? Um, but I, and it really gives me a, a, a good workout. But I'm not worried, it doesn't really. I'm not worried about having a heart attack. Why? Because I've got a healthy heart. It's actually really good for me when I have a workout and my heart starts working out. Well, it's exactly the same 
you know, when we, we have a quarrel or we, when we have a disagreement or when we feel pain and our hearts start boom, 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 boom. And it's just a heart workout. And if you've got a healthy heart, you're actually going to come out of it healthier because it's really good when our heart has a, has a, a, a workout. It's good for us. We're not meant to be lying on the sofa in front of the TV doing nothing. We're meant to be exercising our heart. And so that when our heart starts beating and we, we, we respond in love and don't hold the anger in, we come away better than we were. And actually, especially with friends and people, when you can resolve these, these quarrels, you come out stronger. Jesus is the Jesus who reconciles us. One more story and we're finished. Um, on Wednesday, I was driving, um, just driving Emma, my daughter. We were just driving. They were moving house, some of the girls. And as I'm, as I'm driving there, um, I'm in traffic. Like, I'm like doing 15 miles an hour. This car comes flying out of a, this, a, a, a driveway, smash, straight into the side of me. He hit my new Mercedes. I've talked to you about this. I love that car. <laughs> I've never had a nice car like this. I love my car. Emma looked and went, oh, no. <laughs> so I, I got out and I went, what was that? And this young kid got out of this car. He goes, I'm sorry. His, his heart was beating faster. He says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, my, my bad. I'm, I, I don't even know what that means. But um, <laughs> he just, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I looked into his eyes and I thought, oh, he's just a, he's just a kid. He's probably on his phone. And uh, I said, what's your name? He said, Josiah. Said, oh, no, he's a Christian as well. <laughs> or at least from a Christian family. And, uh, so I went, okay, come on, let's talk. I, I said, do you have insurance? And he said, yeah, yeah, oh, well, there's something. And I said, it's all right. It's just a car. My car? A car that I love? I didn't say that bit. <laughs> uh, I'm saying that inside. And I said, but it's all right. We're going we're gonna to exchange details. Don't worry, the insurance company will deal with it. Anyway, I, I get in the car and, and Emma goes, that was really impressive, Dad. You were very kind to him. I, I think that confirms that the car is not an idol to you and that Jesus is working in your life. And so when it comes from your children, it's high praise. Okay, share it all seriously, all seriously. Um, what am I telling you? Through our everyday life, the Lord gives us a heart workout. And we can curse, we can call someone useless. Those thoughts went through my mind. They go through my mind a lot. But Jesus says, watch your words. Because by the same mouth you can curse or you can bring life. And I don't know if I'm going to see young Josiah in church. It wouldn't surprise me. He could look and go, he's the guy I hit his car. <laughs> But we, we have a choice. The devil wants to pull you down. Jesus wants to lift you up. If my brother speaks badly about me, he will have to answer to God. I will not. Um, I'm not going to answer back. I'm just not going to do it. If my brother steals from me, 
I have to bless him. Revenge is mine, said the Lord. He will deal with it. If my brother curses me, it cannot hurt my heart because I have a healthy heart. It might beat a bit faster than it did before, but I have a choice to allow my heart to have a workout. Just because you're in pain does not mean it's your brother's fault. Let Jesus heal the pain. What's Jesus saying? Once you thought murder was bad, but now treat your words as seriously. Diligently keep your heart in heaven because it can turn in a moment. If you're at the end of anger, i.e. somebody's angry towards you, be humble and remember the proverb says, a kind word cheers the heart. You can change it. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Remember at the altar, there's always forgiveness for you and your brother. And if, if you find yourself with righteous anger, and my prayer is that this church will be full of men and women with righteous anger, where they're angry at the same things that God is angry at. But at the altar, we would hear the solution and bring change to this world his way, healing the sick and releasing the children into a praise party. His righteous anger always results in an action that is going to bring healing and joy. I'm done. Stand up.